You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie Back. All right. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back. This is episode 234, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Just go back to the archives. You know what it is. Uh, as always, make sure you follow the feedback everywhere on social media. BAK, of course, because that's my name. I'm tired of this joke. And for this episode, I am so honored to have Rebecca Trent on the... First of all, thank, thank you, you for, for having me. me. No, thank you for having me. I'm in your house. This is <laughs> this is awesome. This is a beautiful house. Thank very you. nicely decorated. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're very busy. It's quite all right. Of course. Of course. No, I mean, it, it really means a lot. It really means a lot. As as a as a comedy fan, as a comic myself, and as a you know, big supporter of what you know what you've done, I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe you're I'm sitting on your couch. <laughs> well, welcome. <laughs> Thank no, you for having me. This is going to be fun. Yeah. But I, I, well, I'm going to start with the accolades and then we can dive into whatever the hell the conversation okay. goes to. Uh, I don't know if you heard. I did. Uh, first of all, congratulations, Kankfest. Thank you. That was Thank incredible. You uh, if you haven't listened to it, I did. we did a whole recap podcast with Aaron Cheatham uh, about two, two or three episodes back. Go back and listen to that. But holy shit, that was... That was Christmas. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. That was the that was the and every time I ran to you, I was like, "Holy, this is dope, Rebecca! This is dope. I'm, I'm <laughs> high right now, but this is dope." <laughs> this yeah, is there dope. was a lot of that. There was a lot of that going on. <laughs> I, I I can't imagine what it takes to put something like that together. It was uh, it's incredible. There's a huge team. Uh, a ton of us uh work on it pretty tirelessly. I have volunteers. I have an assistant volunteer that works for free. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, have, uh, and we got her off of a Impractical Jokers uh, cruise. That's oh, where sure. she met all of us, and uh, she loves the 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 work that we do so much that she works with us uh, as a as an assistant. She's super awesome. Her name's Lindsay. Um, uh, but yeah, it's an incredible group of people. Uh, Louis J. Gomez, uh, Christine Evans, and myself, uh, we we put together something pretty pretty incredible. I mean, and it, it takes a team. Believe I, I, me, I I can't even begin to begin to imagine what it's like. Especially, well, the thing I loved the most about it is that everybody in there was a comedy fan. That's right. It was uh, everywhere I went and I would hear people talk and whether standing in line or at the bar, they were like, yo, did you see, uh, did you see Robert Kelly? Holy shit. And Big J did this and blah, blah, blah. And I, I listened, I caught, you know, so-and-so for the first time and I'm a big fan now. And I didn't, of all the shows I went to, I didn't see anything like the kind of shit you see out of a regular like comedy show when people don't know why they're there. They just walked in because they thought they could just laugh so they heckle they don't they don't know how comedy works type of shit but yeah. everybody in there know knew what's up yeah we have some of the greatest fans in the world it's an incredible feeling getting all of them together in one room and watching them just enjoy what we do so much i mean they can only go up from there seriously it's really it, it it's incredible we have some of the most incredible fans in the world wow but how what was it what was it about comedy for you to begin with, uh, I was working in uh, New York uh, in theater. I had I have a degree in theater. Uh, my background's in directing, uh, with a concentration in environmental theater. And I had a really uh, tough time, sort of justifying working in theater 
in Queens and not really doing anything that was like I'm I'm you know two three subway subway stops away from Broadway and I'm mm-hmm. I'm putting on these like silly like community theater events and I felt dumb doing it and <laughs> as I was working with folks like musicians and with comics and with dancers and all of that it came apparent that the most under advocated art form that we have on this planet is comedy mm-hmm. um there's no hr department there's no retirement plan there's no gold watch at the end of this you that's know that's true yeah good point and i just i feel like uh i feel like comedians need advocacy they need somebody to advocate for them and they need a place to become comedians because a comic isn't one isn't a comic just because they woke up one day and decided to be a comic which perhaps there are art forms where that can be the case but not this one uh and there's a lot of trial by fire right (laughs) that's a good way to put it yeah uh and there needs to be uh there needs to be a safe space for for uh comedians for young comedians to become writers and to become comics and to start to create their voice to figure out what their voice really is mm-hmm. and uh i see a lot of comics very early on comics that i think are very promising very early on sort of start to give up on themselves because they don't have that sense of community and they feel like they're just talking into a mirror or you know banging their head against a wall and i think that uh creating environments for comedians to find that community and to do the writing and do that work uh, and have the stage time to try it out even is really vital to the art form. And I think that I've watched comedy get better in my lifetime and I hope that it continues to get better. And I think that the way for that to happen is for there to be more stages available for comics to do their thing. Well, was there somebody you saw? Did you know comics at the time in your theater days? And you're like, okay, you, Not I'm, I'm going to really. take you. And- uh, the first comic that ever brought uh, comedy into The Creek in the Cave was John F. O'Donnell. He's a, he's a comic that worked on Redacted for quite some time on uh, Russia TV in D.C. And uh, I think is currently living in New York City. He's a headliner. And uh, Jay, we call him Jay Fod. Uh, Jay Fod started a show called Kingdom of Heaven with Timmy Williams, who is a member of the Whitest Kids, you know. Uh, really sweet boy from South Dakota. And um, Johnny was a little uh, off, but I liked Timmy enough. And I was like, all right, let's let's try this this show. And it was so much fun. And Anthony Jeselnik and. Tom McCaffrey and Andrew Dubuchet were the first three comedians of merit. I don't remember the order. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Tom McCaffrey was the first one. Um, but they uh, just did this really awesome open mic called the Kingdom of Heaven, and they had a comedian of merit that came up at the end. And um, and then I eventually became friends through that show with uh, Sean Patton, who I think took over after Timmy moved on uh, to do Why Does Could You Know in L.A. And... <clears throat> Johnny wanted to take over and do seven days a week. And at the time we had musicians coming in and doing uh, stuff and they were really disturbing the residents upstairs. And we had, cause we had apartment buildings above the Creek mm-hmm. and it just sort of became clear that this was just better. And uh, so I started working with the comedians and it took them forever to warm up to me. I mean, Sean and I knew each other for ages before he finally, you know, made eye contact with me and we talked to each other. <laughs> and I think I, 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 w- I was the one who for- I forced him after he did a set 
uh, talking about his OCD, um, I just walked up to him afterwards and I was like, we're friends now. And he was like, oh, okay. And I just hugged him. And then it seemed like everybody just sort of like, okay, Rebecca's a cool owner. Because the the relationship between the comedian and the and the venue owner is typically an adversarial relationship. And like so by I, default. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that they were just sort of trying to keep their head down so that they didn't lose a, a stage that they liked, you know, at, at right. first. And then they realized that I wanted to figure out how to like be involved and actually... Like you cared, you make actually make the community yeah. a stronger thing for comedy. So we got there; it just took a while. Well, what what's it? What's a year? What's the time frame for that? Uh, well, I bought the creek in August of '06, and we started doing stand up in '07, and we started doing stand up full time by like January of '08. I had bought my business partners out by December of '07. So it was and then just I did you. full comedy as soon as it was just up to me. It was just you running the whole thing? Yep. Holy shit. I had some managers throughout time, some yeah. really incredible managers, but um, at the end, for the last five years, it was just me. How did you meet Lewis? Just... Uh, well, the way I met Lewis was uh, out front of Cabin. Um, I was talking to... A very good friend of mine named Nate Bargazzi, who I absolutely adore. He's one of the nicest guys in comedy. He's a sweetheart. And uh, at the time, we very rarely got to hang out, but we were friends. We were both from the South. So we, we, we kind of had an affinity for each other. And he was just sort of usually my like my buddy. Like if he happened to be in town, he'd come to cabin and we'd have a drink together and, and laugh or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was really excited to see Nate and I ran up to Nate and I was like, hey, Nate. And I gave him a big hug. And uh, Lewis introduced himself to me. He was staying with Lewis and Lewis introduced himself to me and I said hello. And he remembers this better, but uh, I said something to him that he didn't like or I think it was I interrupted him talking to Nate. I think that's what he didn't like. And he was like, he said to Nate, he was like, who the fuck is this girl? And then it's like, well, and then cut to 10 years later. We're buddies. Ha ha. <laughs> <clears throat> Lewis uh, was not a fan of Rebecca the first time that he met her. But that's all right. I win him over eventually. I mean, I, I've met him a couple of times. I can't say that I, that, that I know him, but I'm a big fan of what is, what is done. I actually. Lewis is a delightful tornado. That's a good way yeah, to put it. I adore him. That's he's, a good way to put great, it. He's great, but the energy sometimes can be a little daunting. Because I was, I found out about Lewis and Big J uh, through Robert Kelly. Okay, yeah. One, the the old, uh, you know what, dude podcast. I've been listening yeah, yeah. for years. Yeah. And that's how I know I found out about so Ben. Wait, so do you, so you know who Kelly Festuca is? Yes. Okay. Was, those okay. days. So that's, those days. Yeah, okay, those I days. Got Kelly, it. Okay. Kelly Festuca. Yeah. Got it. When Dan would do his her impression of her, oh laugh my god, it would make me laugh until I was crying. <laughs> until I was crying. Yeah, I love it. Okay, then I remember. So I think a couple years later, Dan came down for um, Moon Tower. Okay. And then I was like, "Is?" And I asked him. I said, "Is Lewis really like that? Like the way he was on the Milwaukee WDs? You really like that in real life?" And and Dan was like. Yeah, that's 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 Lewis. I'm like, oh well, shit. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, I love that show. It was so much fun. I, I, I it's uh, it's really amazing to get to see you like your three, four funniest people that you that you know, your friends, your three, four funniest friends, just be in a room together. And I got I got to be on one of the old day ones. Um, Bobby wasn't there. It was uh, 
Ari, Ari, oh, was Ari and Dan and Lewis. Oh, okay. It was after Kelly had been gone, but uh, but God, I just, I, I just, I, I don't think I said a word the entire episode. I think I just laughed, cackle laughed the entire episode. Like, it's just <laughs> so much fun watching them interact with each other. Just being around. I mean, this is kind of you know, um, as you know, I'm a huge comedy fan, like twenty plus years, even French comedy. You know, back back when I was uh, when I was in France, and. I always enjoyed that energy and I've yeah. been lucky enough to be around guys like that. And I'm like, holy shit, just being a fly on the wall. Like, yeah, I don't know if to say shit. Just, just that energy alone is like, it's electrifying. I fucking love it. Yeah, I exactly. fucking love it. It's great. But you never wanted to try it yourself? Did you? Um, I've been on the days is for a couple of, uh, roasts just so, you know, people knew they could take shots if they wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. like it just, it, it um, and I, I do write my own jokes for those when I, when I do that and I, I will crack a joke every once in a while on social media, but usually if I even come up with an idea for a joke, especially if it's topical, I wait a little while to let somebody like a comic have the idea. Cause it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, we, you, I mean, we saw so much evidence of it, but especially like at the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was doing the exact same thing, the Twitter feeds were just carbon copies of each other. Pretty you know? much. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I try to space stuff out or give it time unless it's like a specific joke, like about like a booker's experience or something like that. Then I'll, then I'll say it. But I, I, I don't, I don't know. The truth of the matter is, is comedy doesn't need more comics. Comedy needs, comedy needs better other stuff. Comedy needs people to make themselves useful in other ways rather than just being a comic. What do you mean by that? I uh, I mean I like the I like where I am. I like being the person who has the stage and that can help people learn how to produce and can help people learn how to program and learn how to headline their very first show. Like I get to see I get to see some of the most amazing comedians on the planet, but I get to see them like 15 years before everybody else does. Right. And it's incredible. I mean like <laughs> I I I can't I can't even begin to tell you it's one one of the things <laughs> Sean Batten, who who one of my oldest friends in comedy, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's coming back in January. I can't, yep, I can't looking wait. forward to that. But uh, Sean, uh, the last time he was here, we were reminiscing. We were talking about you know some of the greats that walk through the doors at the Creek in the Cave, and people start rattling off all these incredible names. But the one that we always sort of stop on and get quiet about is Donald Glover. Really? Yeah, because Donald, his he did his first. Uh, his first stand-up show was at the Creek. His first hour, first time he ever did his hours at the Creek. The first time they ever aired Mystery Team, which was the movie that they, the very first movie that Derek Comedy made. Mm-hmm. The first time they ever aired Mystery Team, just for notes, they wouldn't even let me in the room, was aired at the Creek in the Cave. The second time it was ever aired was also at the Creek. I think I got to see it then. And I've seen that movie like five times since because I just, I love it. Derek, uh, or Derek, I, uh, Donald, uh, DC Pearson and uh, Dominic Dirks are just so incredible in it. And it was just such an, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's such a fun movie. Um, so we saw that. And then the first time he ever did his hour weirdo that was done at the Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time he ever performed his childish Gambino that was done. At that the was Creek. Like that. It was before or after and childish. It was, all of that was before. And then he, he moved, he moved to LA to become a uh, uh, member of uh, the, long-running TV show Community. Community, It was on NBC, I think it was. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so he he did that for a few years and went on to like the superstar of fame. And everybody's just like, oh, he's such an incredible actor and he's he's such an incredible musician and he's such an incredible writer and he's such an and he is he is such an incredible all of those things but sean one of the things that sean and i and and there's so very few people who know this who can say this but what we know is that you sucked (laughs) no is that he's he he he, as incredible as he is at all of those things i mean meeting a true auteur is like a whole whole thing meeting somebody like he 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 is truly gifted at all of those things but he was so gifted at stand-up he was probably one of the first sort of like duck like took it like a duck to water or whatever that old saying is he it was absolutely incredible watching him take the stage watching him make that sort of transition from um from improv to stand-up comedy and he was just he he was just he was flawless he was absolutely incredible and it's just I, I i remember running into him a few years later at uh south by southwest i think he was there as childish gambino and i was just like donald you gotta come on come on just come come do a crowd work show come do it come do this show come do anything and i was just bagging him and he was just like i just i'm not i'm not doing it anymore and it bummed me out so bad he was uh, so amazing he was absolutely so amazing wow Donald Glover, uh, yeah, my dream is to is to somehow finagle to to talk him into coming back on stage again. I mean, is it one of those like you come to the creek in the cave and then yeah, you move on to bigger things, but then you're like, you know, I won't say forget where you came from type of deal, but they actually come back, you know, you know, visit and say what's oh, up, or I... they actually don't know you no more because that would be fucked up. <laughs> if, if, if Donald Glover walked by you and is like, yeah, I'm Hollywood now. I, never in a million years would I ever ever think that he would walk right past me. Well, not necessarily and, him, and, and and that way, I think that uh, it just our circles don't enter. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we don't, yeah. Our paths don't cross anymore. But if our paths were to cross, it would be like we hadn't skipped a beat. Like we would be fast friends again. I think that I think that that's also true of a lot of folks. I mean, I don't. I'm a military brat, so I have a little bit more of a realistic expectation. I think when it comes to people sort of moving on or moving out or whatever, uh, and an awful lot of my friends have moved. I mean, I lived in New York. I I uh, I'm still mad at Nick Turner for moving to LA, but <laughs> <laughs> but the truth of the matter is is that um, is that you know when we do and it's rare, but when we do get to see each other, it's like we never it's like we never skip a beat. Oh, that's good. At least. That's so, good. I mean, I prefer to think of my friendships like that and not not put expectation on on somebody. You know what I mean? I sometimes will get bummed out if I find out that a friend's come to New York and hasn't seen me, or if a friend has come to yes, or if like I go to L.A. and like no, I feel like they they won't make time for me or something like that. Like that that stinks. That's no, but that's normal to feel like. But hey, I'm here for a little few days. I like, will say that when people come into town in Austin, they hit you up. Yeah. There's, there's not much to do, so I think. <laughs> no, no, there's no, not don't nearly as much to short. do, so I well, think, and not as many York. people to visit, you know. Yeah. So I think that I, I'm I'm on a shorter list now, so it's easier <laughs> for it's easier for me to see my friends. Well, compared to New York, that I'll give you that. Yeah. I love I love going to New York. I, it's it's always a blast. I've I've told so many New York stories on this podcast, going sure. to the cellar and all yeah. that stuff. But uh, uh, so how how you liking it here so far? I like the uh, outdoorsiness of everything. I think that's great. I yeah. think that we really need to, as a as a group, just agree that restaurants need to stay open later. 
and the post office needs to stay open. Like, there's just too many. There's so many people here now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that I think that uh, my 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 biggest issue is an issue that I share with Tim Dillon is that uh, the restaurant's all closed at 10 o'clock and there's nowhere to get like a really nice corporate steak at midnight. And uh, I, yeah. it's really easy. Like if, if we're judging a city by that, then it's thumbs down. And that is, you know that is I mean? a totally legit argument because what I love about New York and I grew up in Paris, so Paris the same way. Same like way, it's a exactly. city that never sleeps. I just want that European yes. sort of like I, I I want it I want this place to feel accessible. Like and it's and it's difficult for comics coming in off the road on a Thursday and they have a show at eight o'clock. They don't want to eat before their show. Right. And then by the time they're off stage and they've had like maybe one drink, they're ready to go to dinner. Every restaurant's closed. Whataburger. Yeah, 24- I mean, and I just can't keep feeding these amazing artists. Uh, food from a brown paper bag. <laughs> Not to say that I don't eat from a brown paper bag. I was cleaning up this apartment like a madwoman when I realized you were coming over an, oh, an hour come ago. On, really? And yeah, and I was throwing away Wendy's bags and like you know, I'm not <laughs> judging. I when there's I a Wendy's around the corner, so I'm not judging, but I am saying that like it's not, it's just not okay to like have that be the only option, you know? Like even the fast food places, a lot of them close early here. It. Like I found out. Ones. I found out last Sunday that. Um, uh, Chick Fil A closed on Sundays. Oh right. Well, I I didn't know. Cause I didn't never. I yeah, never they, go. that's sort of a historical. And then they've always been closed. Um, on there was another one that, like, they didn't even let people inside. McDonald's didn't let people inside to eat. Uh, Pete Terry. Well, most didn't of them either. aren't letting people inside to eat. Right really? Now. Yeah. COVID. Fuck. At least they. I mean, I, well, they stopped in New York. I'm assuming that's what it is here, but they don't let you eat inside at Pete Terry's at Wendy's. Whataburger I does. I haven't tried McDonald's. Whataburger does. In and Out Burger does. I think. Yeah. I haven't been to In and Out either, though. But I've seen people inside eating. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, I went to P. Terry's, gathered to go, and went to Whataburger to eat it. That's hilarious. And nobody said anything. I love P. Terry's though. Yeah. They're my favorite out of the three. Really? Yeah, for sure. They oh, have the best fries by far. Best fries by far, P. Terry's. There's no question. Absolutely. Uh, oh, absolutely! I can't believe you're squeaking uh, at me. Uh, have you had Top Notch? What is that? That's low up north. It's no. it's known for where Days and Confused was shot. Okay, it's I, like it's literally. Is what, that a is that a chain though? No, it's just one. Oh well, the, no. I mean, that's you can't even compare that then. Why? Because we're talking about Pete Terry's is like fast food. It's like a chain. They're everywhere. Yeah, but that's you gotta, burger you, joint. Yeah, but it's not a burger joint. Isn't the same. Like you can't you can't. Uh, what's that? What's that place over on Sixth Street? Everybody goes to where they're mean to you. Camino's? El Camino. El Camino. Yeah. You can't, that's a burger joint. You can't compare that to Pete right. Terry's. That's not fair. But Pete, isn't Pete Terry's from here? I think it, it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a local fast food chain, but it's still a chain. It's all over Texas. Uh, not a fan. Really? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply upset. As an, uh, I'm about a, to get kicked out of this As a new Austinite. <laughs> really? That's your I have to tell you that I, I, I think, uh, what, are, what are you siding with that? LA company? Uh, look, I, look, I will Was take, I will take, I will take you to a better burger joint. Burger joint, fast food and burger joint are two different things. I can take you to a better burger. The Jew Boys is amazing. Have you been there? Uh, no, I have not. Oh boy, that's a really? good, that's a good damn burger over there at Jew Boys over in Austin. Oh boy, I had that's a, a good burger. Um, I can talk about the, the food five here burgers forever. Five guys. Five, yeah. five guys is fast food. You can compare Five Guys to Pete Terry's. Okay, so yeah, Pete Terry's over Five Guys, right? Yeah, I'll give you but that. Pete Terry's is pretty good. I'll give you that. The fries of Waterburger are dope though. 
I mean, I, I still always, like the They're always ones, fresh. That's, I, so are the Pizzeria's ones. Those are hand cut. Yeah. What are you squeaking at me for? <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to get kicked out of this apartment through the balcony. Park you back in Fitzgerald fries. But have, have you done anything since like, I, don't, I mean, what you live mean? close. Uh, I went to Barton Springs. Yeah, well, shit. Uh, for a day. That was awesome. I went uh, and had a really great time at Barton Springs. Um, let's see. I have been to True Lux, which is a really fancy sure. uh, restaurant. Jane. I've been to Peche's. Peche's dope. I've been to... Uh, so all downtown pretty much? Mm, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I went to. Uh, Have you ventured out of downtown? I guess is a better question. I mean, I went to like Best Buy. Like, what do you mean? I go. To, I have to go shop over in errands. Well, there's that are uh, not downtown. There's stuff in the uh, domain. I've gotten there's stuff off uh, massages. Domain is a pain in the ass. Okay, let me let me ahead, not say that. It's just, okay, first of all, it's there's too many people there. It's impossible to get. A seat to eat. I went. Okay, I went to Domain. Uh-huh. Right. I was in the mood for some stupid. I can't remember what the food was. Probably seafood. I always love seafood. So I was in the mood for something, and I found this place. I drove out there because I don't have like I'm uh, lonely. So I was I was just going out. So I I go and like I'm sitting down to eat, and I like I I ask for the wine list. So I'm clearly going to mm-hmm. spend some money on wine. And they they come to me. They give me silverware, and then they walk away. And then nobody comes back for 25 minutes. Is that bad? Are you kidding me? Uh, oh, because you lived in France. It's exactly. There. Yeah, dude. Exactly. Okay. I've been yeah, in long yeah. enough. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, no, I, I understand. I, 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 but this is not, I wasn't at a bistro. So I was not expecting European service, if you will, sir. Okay. Thank so you. I was, I, 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 so <laughs> 25 minutes and I watched a table get sat, get their menus, get their, put their order in. Uh-huh. And I watched them come and like refill their. I still hadn't even gotten a glass of water. Nothing. There was nothing on my table. So I finally was just like, okay, I got forgotten. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. And then I get up to leave, and I realize this guy's working the bar and every table on the bottom floor. So of course you're gonna like lose some. You know what I mean? Right. Like it. So I, you know, I felt bad, but I also was hungry, so I left. Um, and I like, but that's kind of been my experience. Every time I go to a Domain, it's like overrun. It and, is. and also, I'm not I'm not much of a like looky loo when it comes to shopping. So like looking at designer stuff has never really done much for me. Don't get me wrong, domain. I lived in a domain for two years. It reminds me of Miracle Mile in, in Long Island. Have it's, you ever been there? Uh-uh. It's where like all like Coach and Chanel and Gucci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's all like, high all end is, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a Lord and Taylor on one end, and then the other ends like even ice cream shop is fancy. Like it's. Yeah, I mean, I love I love those sort of like as like a day trip experience, but that's not like where I would like frequent. I wouldn't. That wouldn't be my Don't, local. I, hang, trust me, I lived there know. for two years. If they, back then they didn't have that whole Rockrose area, that wasn't done yet. Oh right. It was the first phase. Only had two apartment complexes, and like, hey, we're going to build a park in here, in the middle of the uh, mall. Yeah. And I said, really? All right, never happened. Yeah. The hallways look like prison hallways. They're fucking depressing. The apartments are nice. This one does too bad. All yeah, these apartment buildings but do. But it's 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 a concrete forest. That's all it is. Like yeah. it's it sucks. But well, I mean, I guess I don't know. I like as far as the apartment stuff goes, I don't know. It just it seems like it seems like it, uh, the domain is the kind of place where I would like. I don't have like two grand to just drop on an outfit or something. Like I don't really have that, a shop. I feel like that's what I go well, to. What Express. else is there to do there? Shop. You, you it's just shopping and, and food. Out. Like there's nightclubs over there. Yeah. 
Oh, I didn't even know that. So, like, the, some of the clubs that are on Wessex, yeah. like a Kung Fu, there's a Kung Fu up there, too. Oh, they just have, like, duplicates. Yeah, and space. there's a, um, what's that other one? Fuck. It's Kung Fu up there. Forget the other one. But anyway, it's the same shit. So, yeah. people who live in Pflugerville and Round Rock, they don't come downtown no more. They go hang they in go the domain. domain. Oh. There's, there's this, like, a strip of clubs there. Okay, so that's why it feels kind of touristy. That's why. Okay. All right. Well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, if you want to see Austin, you don't go to the domain. You go, like, north of campus or, you know, south Lamar. Like, the What's old Austin. What's there? Local shit. Like what? Okay. Like what, what, what? How would you describe local shit? Burger joints. <laughs> Burger joints. All no, right. No, no. It's it's Terry stand. It, it, here's the thing about them. Austin. Austin will support local over chain. Like everything is. Sure. We're like I hey, would hope. Yeah. I mean, we're, but we're really like tied about about that. Yeah. And so you go to North Campus and you have. Uh, like a thrift store, and there used to be record stores there, but they're gone. Yeah. But I lo- local shops like. What about Aaron's Rock and Roll? That's still over on Lamar, right? I don't even know what that is. Oh, dude! So my favorite Aaron's? shopping in all of Austin is two places here, uh-huh. and they are both like literally within walking distance of the creek. Um, the Smoking Caterpillar is my favorite head shop of all time, by far. Head shop? Head shop. It's the smoke shop. Favorite place to go to get like papers and lighters and glass and oh, okay, okay, okay. and stuff like that. Um, and they have like, you know, cool trinkets. Like I'd always get like great Christmas gifts. I would go always to like smoking cap- caterpillar. And right around the corner was Aaron's Rock and Roll. And Aaron's Rock and Roll has like awesome purses and bags and jackets and like rock and roll t-shirts and masks. And like it's a like... It's like a Spencer's, but for like a person who, but the buyer really knows what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if that makes sense. It's not yeah. just random. You I like know? how you're telling me about my city. So Aaron's Rock and Roll opened up a second location over on Lamar. And okay. both of those stores are dope as fuck. And they have like old school candy and like stuff that you can't really find. Like lunch boxes from like, like remix from like, you know, the seventies and stuff like that. Like really cool, like. I mean, memorabilia. I look around your apartment and it's like, it's a lot of <laughs> random shit. Yeah, it is a lot I, of random I, I, shit. I, I see how you shop. I mean, did okay. you, you brought all this from New York. Yeah, I did not purchase any of these things. Nothing? In- I mean, well, I, I like the furniture, the tree, like the furniture, some of it I bought here, but no. So you would compliment this? My, my artwork is the same artwork that I had in New York. I mean, I see... T sets and well, that bunch was of books, those are like nice old. Planners. They're from my grandmother. Um, the books are from some of them are from college, but I'm consolidated. I used to have twelve bookcases, and now I'm down to just those. And I mean, it feels it feels homey. <laughs> so, like any kind of local store, like the one you're describing, yeah, would be perfect. I dig so, those yeah. kind of places. Yeah, I mean, I like local shopping for sure. Like, but but by far my favorite two local stores here are smoking caterpillar and aaron's rock and roll you've gone down to south congress yet yeah yeah just like where perlas is and all that yeah, the yeah i yeah. love you thing on mm-hmm. the coffee thing yeah yeah it's it's fun there's a couple of sneaker spots around here that are pretty dope there's one out on uh oh crap it's over by it's over by the p terriers on mlk i think i think it's over on mlk there's a really great sneaker store over there they carry like fugazis and like old school fucking oh. nikes and stuff See, this how much I shop. I hate shopping. So I go out there sometimes. <laughs> I hate shopping. Um, and I'm trying to think, what else have I done? And uh, I've I've tried to go places and like showed up and they've been closed or like the show was canceled or that kind of stuff. 
Oh, you know what I really want to try though? What? There's this new stupid thing that people are doing called eating in the dark, and you literally like go uh, in and you have to blindfold yourself and uh, you eat yes. in the dark. I want to do that, and that's coming in I think January 13th. That's not from here though. The, it's a, they didn't have that in New York too. No, I'm, well, I don't. They might have. I, I I just never happened to catch it. But like this is I it's showing works. up on my Facebook feed, which the is how blindfold I, you and you got to eat. Yeah, you got to figure out where the food is on the plate. Did they tell you what it is at least? Nope. What? Nope. You get to choose between. Uh, vegetarian seafood or uh, meat, and just meat. It just says meat on the menu. Uh, I mean, you can't no, read no, the menu no. Anyway. Like they describe like the flavors. Like you know, the first course is going to be this. Second course is going to taste like this, and the third course is going to be a surprising blend of blah blah blah. You know. I mean, you can be eating like lamb head and have no idea that you're eating. True. Lamb yeah, head. absolutely. Yeah, you have lamb to, head is really good actually, but it, I, it's I would recognize it. People, people love a good cheek. Oh no, brain. Brain's good. But I mean, yeah, but I'm saying the lamb cheeks are pretty good too. I want to try that. And we have all, the the, the biggest thing now is this whole like fusion shit. Yeah. That we have a lot of, like, yeah. of, you know, barbecue and Japanese food and French. I've been. I think the best fusion restaurant, the best true fusion restaurant I've ever been to is Sushi Samba. And they do um, Peruvian and Japanese. And it's incredible. Uh, Kamuri Tatsuya is a dope one too. What, oh. what is that a fusion of? Uh, barbecue in Japanese. Uh-huh. The owner's Japanese, and it's uh, yeah. way out on 2nd Street going east. Yeah. Really, really. They have a uh, on their menu, it says, like, how crazy do you want your food? Do you want uh, Kenny G crazy or James Brown crazy? Uh, but it's like octopus something with some sauce. It's actually I'm, pretty I'm cool. I'm not a fan of the, uh, I don't think, I don't eat octopus. Octo- that's the one really? thing I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't eat takoyaki all day. I don't. I don't eat octopus. I'm a big. I'm a big fan of octopuses. They're my. They're my jam. So. But I mean, they're. You're right. Like Austin, if it's, if it rains, it fucks up everybody's day because everything's outside. We have so yeah, many. Yeah, because you parks. can't look at the bats or go kayaking or yeah. paddleboarding. Or I mean, you look. <laughs> you look at any of the dating apps. Everybody's like, oh, I go. You know, paddle boarding and get yeah, on the lake and waterboards. Like, okay. And if it rains, you're fucked. Then you just hey, if it rains, you go, to, you go to a comedy club. Hopefully. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's my pitch anyway. Hopefully. Also, if it doesn't rain, go to a comedy club. Look. Tired it, from paddle boarding? Go to a comedy club. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I'll tell everybody. You know, and people I'm running to and they go, oh, yeah, I just walked in here and then uh, there was a, there was a open mic. There was a mic. There was comedy. I'm like, where, there's comedy everywhere. Well, yeah, but no, okay, you have to understand, we, this country is really fucked up when it comes to comedy, okay? We literally have a saying in this country, everybody's a comedian. It's True. a saying, it's a saying in this country, uh, we, t- we tell ourselves that everybody's a comedian. Yeah. There's absolutely no respect whatsoever for comedy. We aren't taught it as a, as, that it's a possible profession, even, yeah. like growing up. We're not, we're, we're taught to sort of clown on comedians. We, we call them clowns. We're taught to disregard them as, as an art form. We're taught to disregard them as people. We're taught to dis- we're taught to cancel them. We're taught to do terrible, terrible things when it comes to comedy. Mm-hmm. And so because this country has always had such a disregard, uh, that, that blatant disregard, that lack of respect bleeds into every part of it. And that's very much an example of it, you know? I don't think they understand what it takes to no. do that. No. 
or and how I, brave I, you have to seriously, be. Seriously, I've. I or did, delusional. Yes. I, I did a show on Thursday at a brewery in San Marcos in the middle of nowhere. It was the only black person there. Uh-huh. And then there's always the dude that afterwards that's like, uh, yeah, I think I can, uh, I think I, I think I want to try it. I'm like, dude, go for it. See what it takes. Yeah. See what it takes. Like you can't be, uh, and, and y'all, well, I'll crack my friends up all the time and you know, I'm the funny one in the family and at work at the, in the coffee, in the break room, I'm the one with the jokes and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. Shut the fuck up and just get on there and try and see what happens. Right. Would you rather be the funniest person at the water cooler or the least funny person at the open mic? It's up to you. Either Pre- you know pretty what I mean? much. But I mean, it, there. But there is there is a sort of like. I mean, we used to have this running gag, and uh, and I don't know what it's going to be like this year, but at the Creek in the Cave in New York, where I would I would legitimately be like, I'm not going to go anywhere near the open mics until uh, from January 1st until at least after Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's New Year's resolution is to become a fucking comic. Oh, I never thought of so that. So we were we would get inundated at these open mics. We would have like twice the amount of names in buckets. People would start to get mad because they don't know the culture and they think that they're entitled to stage time. Oh, I've... and it would get very confusing for people. And there was a lot of like ed- re-education for like reprogramming people, like educating them on the culture and stuff like that in the beginning of every year. And it would last a good six to nine weeks, depending on. When you give up on your dreams, or yeah. whatever that dream, depending the, on the, how much dr- attention span you have yeah, for yourself pretty, that year, pretty much, yeah. pretty much. Wait. And like I said, comedy doesn't need more comics. Comedy needs more useful people in the comedy scene, but mm-hmm. comedy doesn't need more comics. So uh, I would encourage anybody to make it their New Year's resolution to perhaps become a producer rather than a stand-up comic. Yeah, oh, that would be lovely. Start a podcast and interview comics. Oh or- God, comedy also does not need more podcasts. I think that <laughs> that is something that we can say. I, People you know are what? constantly telling me I should start a podcast, and it's like, why on earth? Why on earth do we need more? You tell me. You tell I, me. I why do know. we need more podcasts? I don't think we do. I don't think we do. Either. I don't think we do. It, it, it's like uh, we need to take care of the ones we have. True. But I, I think that people don't just dump into it and don't realize that with everything, it's about consistency. Like, I've, I've seen so many comics. I have started a podcast, and like three months later, it's done. And you're like, so what was the, what was the point of all that? Well, it's, it's work. Like anything. You know, podcasts are difficult. They're not, they're not easy to maintain. And I've, you know, I've, I've, I've been involved in, a podcast network here and there. I produce a podcast now on uh, the Starburns Network, which is the folks that that were uh, behind Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the podcast is called Six Unseemly Questions with Victor Varnado. And it's a great podcast. And I love that it exists in a world of podcasts. But I often find myself... Uh, Sometimes there are comedians in the world who uh, sort of feel like they're going to have a podcast and sort of skip the part where they have to become a good stand-up comic, you know? True. There's a little bit of danger in it because it has a little bit of a karaoke-esque kind of feel to it in a way, Mm -hmm. you know? And also, you know, podcasts are difficult to gauge like actual material as far as like creating material oh, like for stand up comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people will be like, Oh, it's killed on my podcast. And it's like it killed with your two best friends uh, named Booger and Snot that you uh, <laughs> people do say in that? your mom's basement, you know. I killed well, on my po- on my own podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean it, <laughs> I I mean, you know, it sounds silly, but like it, you know, when you're new, silly. you tell yourself anything you can to 
Yeah, drumming is free. By all means, means, go for it. But you know. But yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it it, it does a disservice to the delusional. True. Is that a thing? Well, if if you think about it, like, oh, I'm going to do this. That's going to propel me to fill in the blank. Then yes, you're absolutely delusional. And I well, and I I well, yeah, I know. I mean, I I actually was was saying uh, absolutely. You know, I think that I think that you that people also should be people with this dream should be doing anything they can. And so if that's, you know, part of the tapestry for you, then that's great, you know, but it's just, it can be kind of exhausting. I also think that because I also look at much like I do TV, I look at the podcast as kind of like a to-do list. So it's like the more there are, it's like, no, there's something else I have to go check out. There's something else. There's way too many. But like, also, on the other hand, I'm like, oh, yay, Disgusting Hawk has another episode. So like, you know, it depends. It just it depends on what. It depends on on what my where my head's at in the moment, I guess. I try. I I have about five that I listen to. Which five do you listen to? Uh, YKWD. Okay. All day. Um, I listen to Joe Rogan's every once in a while if the the guest is interesting. Sure. Um, I listen to uh, I like the Verzi effect because I. Paul Verzi. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. I like Paul's joint. Uh, I used to listen to Keith and the Girl way back in the day. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Way like 2008. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I found they out a lot like of comics that way. Yeah. yeah, that was their that they that was their that was their claim to fame. Yeah, Himda and, and Keith are and, great. I love both of them. Uh, I'm trying to think what was the, the other one I rotate. Uh, shit, I'm blanking now. I'll hop, I'll hop here and there. Either. So I go uh, Legionist Gangs Tuesdays with Stories. Um. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which uh-uh. doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. Um, I'm trying to remember. Disgusting Hawk, which I loved. Um, oh, did you ever listen to Janelle's horror movie one? Mm-mm. That one was great. It had the coolest name, too, and I can't remember it right now. It was like, Don't Do That Girl or Don't Be That Girl. But it was always, it was like horror movies and like trash, like romance movies. And like, uh-uh. it was really good. It was really funny. Um, Six Unseemly Questions with Victor Varnado. Uh, that one I've like Marina Franklin and Yamanika Sanders both have incredible episodes, and so does um Eddie Pepitone, um who I adore. I absolutely adore Eddie. Um, I'm trying to think. Where's some other podcasts? Do you obviously Legion? Of, did I say Legion? Of yeah, yeah. already? Okay, it was your first one. I was like, one. of course, it's gonna be your first one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> did, did you do you remember the ten minute podcast? Which one was that, that one? That was Brian Kellen, uh, Chris D'Elia, and Will Sasso. No, I don't. The, the, so the whole, what I loved about it is that it was just 10 minutes. So they would just talk shit about each other for 10 minutes and around 9 minutes and 50 seconds, they would start yelling at each other and it would just cut, cut off, off at 10 minutes. That's funny. That was that was really funny. It sounds like a funny concept. Yeah. But I'm like, I try to listen. I mean, at Skankfest, I got to see... Uh, Miss Pat's live. I thought it was. Oh fucking yeah, Miss Pat's really funny. That was really she, good. Hers is really good. Uh, the, the la- Pat down with Miss Pat. Yes, the Loud Boys. I think they the were the Proud Boys. Proud Boys. No, the Loud, loud, loud boys. boys. Loud yeah. Boys. The yeah. Loud Boys and what was the? There was there was two of them this. Oh, and Dad Meat. Those were the two new ones this year. I tried to I tried to listen to it, um, and I was like, holy crap! How do you get a word in? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so, I know. They are truly but loud. I, I'm a nerd just like them, so when they have like anime references, I get them and all right, that stuff. Right. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. But I, it's like how when you have three comics on and they just cut over each other all the time to where there's not really... Well, it's a learning curve, I think, that, you know, I mean, Legion of Skanks, you can listen to probably some of their earlier episodes. They probably had a tougher time figuring it out. Like, yeah. you, once you get good at it, you know, podcasting is another thing you can't just wake up and decide you're going to do. Oh, no, I'm just about to do it on my phone. <laughs> I mean, you can do that, but I guess my point is, is that there's a learning curve. Like, you do get better at it after yeah. a while. You do figure out what your audience wants and you figure out how to... Uh, interact better, how to not step over each other and stuff like that. I mean, the the podcasts that used to really impress me were, if you go really back in the day, like the Roundtable of Gentlemen. Oh, those, I don't know that one. Those podcasts, look them up. Those are those were all on um, Cave Comedy Radio. Okay. Um, but the Roundtable of Gentlemen was uh, members of Murder Fist with um, Michael Che, Kevin Barnett, a uh, handful of other comics that were regulars. Um, and it, it was it was incredible because they would have, I mean, they would take over my office. They would have 12, 15 people in there sometimes. Wow. And they would still have a podcast that you could understand that people weren't stepping people? all over. Holy yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty impressive. Like, like the ONA days when they were all. Yeah. Well, I guess this would be in between like, Oh, and O and a would be before that because that yeah, yeah, yeah. back when infinity broadcasting yeah. was still on. Yeah. That was, that was ages ago. Because they lost their, I feel like they were taken off the air and shit, it might have been 2000, I think it was before 9-11, wasn't it? ONA? Yeah. That it ended? Yeah. No, I thought it went past that. Infinity, well, they got fired after Summer of Sam, so maybe it was the summer after 9-11. Yeah, no, it was, it was after that because I, I used to listen to Mike, um, uh, Don and Mike and uh, Ron and Fez. And ONA back then, they oh. were definitely on during 9/11. That was a bonehead move on my part. But so it was. It was like the year after, or maybe two years, two summers after oh, that they got they got fired. Because okay. um, I was, and I then all of talk radio just disappeared from New York completely. <laughs> it was horrible. I know my my reference was always uh, was Tough Crowd. When I found out about Tough Crowd, like that was my my go to. Yeah, Tough Crowd was definitely my. I know so many people who got into comedy because of Tough Crowd. Oh yeah, Tough Crowd is my by far my favorite television show that stand-up comedy has ever. Produced. I I totally agree. I, uh, I nothing comes close to I, Tough Crowd. I, the first time I ever met Colin Quinn, I literally just stood there and stared at him like I was like a complete <laughs> a complete starstruck psychopath. I just stood and stared at him, and I was so 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 blessed to get to work with him. He was an absolute gem of a human being. I absolutely that was without without question is the coolest thing that I've gotten to do. Yeah, and I, we got to bring. Did I? Did, did you know that uh, we did a reunion? Uh, tough crowd. I at, at Skankfest. At Skankfest yep, yeah. yep, Were yep. you there that year? No, no, no. This yeah. was my first one. Oh, this was your first. This one? was my first oh, one. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is. I mean, yeah, you're gonna see my black ass every year. We're going to Vegas, baby. Fuck yeah! <laughs> did you announce it? It's no, it's not announced. You're probably not supposed to tell anybody. Uh, well, it's, it's recorded now. It's so. not live though, right? No, it's not. But this so is. We should be fine. <laughs> what are you going to announce it? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I, we're having our meeting this coming week, so hopefully, like this weekend. Can I ask questions about it? Oh no. When is it? Go- well, when is this going to air? Uh, a, not this week. The week after. Oh, then yeah, you can ask me questions. What? What's is the format going to be similar? Like in one place? Because that's what really that's stood the out. whole thing is that you have to have it in one place, or it's no good. I just saw the the Netflix one that was announced. 
Oh yeah. It's like a, you know, haunted comics, haunted venues and it's separate tickets. I think, I think that's awesome. It's going to be a fun experience for the people that, that get to do it. And I think that, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, uh, different ways that you can do a festival that you can do a successful festival. The way that works for us is to have it all be contained and to feel like you're inside of a, like, inside of the world of Skankfest, you know? Right. And, and I, th- I think that, you know, there's also, there's also a lot to be said that for, you know, a, a festival like JFL that is definitely more spread out, multiple venues all over the place, but you're in the world of Montreal. So there's this, there's, a, there's already this sort of like magic sort of like bubble that you're inside of. So mm-hmm. it works. But, you know, if we're going to, uh, if we're going to just be in some venue in Brooklyn, it's kind of cooler if we make it, this is skank world. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, and I think it's, I think it's better for the fan experience. Oh, it is, no question. You know? No question. So I think, you know, for me, you know, it, 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 it feels very easily, it's very, it feels very easy to get swallowed up by, by larger festivals. And I, most of my larger festival experience, um, it would be, you know, Bonnaroo and Just for Laughs and Moon Tower and South by Southwest. So like, you know, those, right. are the, those are the ones that I've, but you know the 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 festivals that I think that um, that and all of those are successful, fun, amazing festivals that that create different opportunities and different um, different kinds of stage time and different kind of experiences for mm-hmm. the comedians that are involved. And all of them are very very good and valid. Um, but I I have found that the the festivals that resonate the most with me that I feel like I'm, I I I. Uh, uh, feel like I'm having the most sort of like one-on-one experience with people is when they're smaller, you know? Oh yeah. So it's not like, I'm not saying anything like terribly <laughs> innovative <laughs> here, but like, you know, the smaller no, no. the festival, but the easier is... it is to feel like you, you're getting, you know, paid attention to. But this is how South by started. That's how fun fest started. I mean, all the music festivals that we have in Austin, that's how it was. And now it's these, Oh yeah, we'll have this, you know, this uh, parking lot, but how about Doritos? And you have a giant Dorito machine, and then the stage at the bottom of it. And yeah. Then- uh, well, you know, I I I completely understand where you're coming from, but as a person who produces festivals, I could only hope to have a Doritos stage one day. <laughs> so, <laughs> you want a giant? I love machine? a Doritos parking lot. I just <laughs> I I would I would love I would love to you know cracking the code on on a two thousand person festival is not nearly as hard as cracking the code on a twenty thousand person festival. Right. I would like to be you know somebody who's at the helm of of something that that can grow that can still feel as organic as it is now. All right, Doritos, so, if you're listening, probably not. We're but. hoping. Actually, I think we're more of a Cheetos family. If I was, if I was guessing, actually, yeah, Cheetos over Doritos any day. Probably, yeah. Yes, Cheetos. Yeah, I think, I think the comics in general are, are more Cheetos forward than Doritos. <laughs> so we'll find out. We're gonna we do, we're doing a, a Creek Awards on uh, uh, our anniversary. We open April first, so yes. we're gonna, we're gonna doing a Creek. We're gonna start doing Creek Awards again. So that's gonna start up on April first. Nice. So we're gonna start making up categories and come up with like fake ass awards to give each other and stuff it's gonna be fun like what kind of categories uh like in the past like we will do like best podcast guests best podcast best like you know that kind of stuff like the oscars do but then we have like joke categories like um you're most likely to fall asleep at the bar oh uh, you yeah, know like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff so you know like not lame like that though because the comics are going to come up with the categories not me um <laughs> but i'm i'm looking forward to like the nomination process and stuff because i think that's going to be fun and hopefully we'll get people to like truly campaign for their for their wins and like try and like 
by people and stuff. Fuck yeah. Like put up posters and shit. That'll be fun. The fuck? That's a great idea. So, Holy shit. Dan, you're already coming up on a year. Yeah, already coming up on a year, sort of. I mean, we have, we're not even in the year that the year's coming up in, but... Uh, still, I mean... You, yeah, I mean, we're past the six-month mark, and we're still here, so there's that, you know. Hey, congrats. <laughs> it looks, uh, seriously, it's, it's so... It was so needed, and the the community around it, just to be able to... Hey, what are you doing? I was going to hang out at the creek. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, and, that, and then that's how fucking simple it is, is that people who want to create just need a place to do it, you know? And there's something really, like, incredible about a stage, about how it levels the playing field. It's like, it doesn't matter where you went to college or who your dad was or if you woke up in a fucking cardboard box that day. The stage is honest the microphone is honest what you do and what you do on that stage and what you say on into that microphone that is that is something nobody can take away from you and i just i i hate the idea of people uh not having access to a stage i mean even the folks that i have uh made clear no longer welcome at the creek there's still other places they can perform you know what I mean? Right. If this was the only stage in all of the whole town, I, I don't know how I would feel. Like, that would be so awful. You, know? <laughs> you feel bad about be, yourself? I would, feel, I would feel awful. I would feel terrible. <laughs> but, you know, I also have to create an environment that's... Uh, and it works. Worthy. That's worthy of all that the, look, the, rant. The, 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 the ego is still... It feels like high school all over again. Of course it does. But, I mean, that's what every work environment feels like. Yeah. I mean, if you if you were working at Foot Locker, all the people at Foot Locker would be acting like a bunch of idiots and interacting with each other inappropriately and all that shit. Yeah, the little crews here. This, They'd have this little crew clicks. over here. Exactly. This click over here. Exactly. It's the same way. It's the same way at a hospital. It's the same way. And politics are worse. You know what I mean? Like so, they. I mean, talking to like pages and stuff like that. Like folks who who work on Capitol Hill. Like they, it's it's all a clicky, nightmarish, monstrous world. Because you know what? Well, the way that we acted in high school is the same fucking way we act as adults. It hasn't really changed that much. No. The only difference is uh, harder drugs, <laughs> <laughs> more hangovers, <laughs> and possibly kids. But most of us are fucking wising up to that shit too. So. Uh. I, I made my contribution to the world. I'm good. Children. Oh, you did? You already made kids? Yeah, I got one. You got one? How yeah. old is it? It'll be four next month. You like him? Of course I do. Yeah, some people don't like their kids. He it's, has my name, so I better question. like him. Better be somebody. His name is Back? Yeah. Oh, boy. I recycle. Who's the mama? Uh, this girl from Arkansas. <laughs> this girl from Arkansas? Yeah, Does the baby ex- live in Arkansas? Or here? No, no, she's here. She's here. Oh, okay. Yeah, we just separated recently. But you co-parent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's going fine. Are you good dad? Yeah, I'm a great dad. Are you as good as Luis J. Gomez? He's a really good dad. No, he is. When I, really when I, I, and, and I, I told him so when I saw him. I saw Robert Kelly the same thing. Oh, dude. Robert Kelly with Max is one of my favorite. First of all, I I, 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 I got to go to uh, his birthday. They threw a birthday party for him every year. Uh-huh. It's really like for everybody. Yeah. And I got to I got to go to one of his, his birthday party one year. And it watching these filthy... <laughs> fucking comics with these hard like the language of goddamn sailor like walking in and trying to trying to like like impress a four-year-old who could give a shit you know what i mean and like and it's also like you know comedy legends walking in the door right and he and like i remember (laughs) my favorite time i dante you know who dante is dante and i were dante um, Dante nero nero yeah he and i were um 
we were trying to make this this Instagram uh, shark uh, balloon float through the house uh-huh. and we had to inflate it and like learn how to do it and we were putting it together and he was like I hope this kid like like and they're all just doing it because they want little Max to like them and it's so funny to me <laughs> just watching these guys try to impress a baby <laughs> and I just like I love it so much because it's and all they want is a little smile and they're happy for the day you know I mean I want to fast that forward. shark was a big hit though I'm oh, not really? gonna lie like he yeah he killed it with that <laughs> gift he really did kill it with that gift that was such a cool present I honestly probably played with it more than the kid did but that's not the point it was a lot of fun no i mean what when i when uh bobby talks about his kid and it's like yeah he just lights up he, he really lights does. up he really and it's does. just it's wonderful it's like what and he and he and don also just have they're they're just incredibly good they're incredibly good with him and it's it's wonderful watching uh baby james and louis J like watching them together and it's cool too because i get the other side of it with jay you know, because yeah. Jay's Jay's baby girl is nineteen now. Right, right. So you know, she's like a whole human being, and I'm like, I'm literally going like, come move to Austin. Why don't you guys you, you guys get an apartment? And I'm just like, <laughs> you guys go to college here. Water. There's schools here, right? I think, <laughs> right. And uh, you know, she's she's and she's this incredible. She's becoming this incredible artist and just this incredible woman. And so watching the human beings that comedians create is kind of validating. You know what I mean? And like they're they're they they have some pretty amazing kids. They have some really I mean, just, fucking amazing kids. Just just being around comics, like you, do, I'd be like, "Hey, son, do you know who this is?" Like, I don't give a fuck. But like, no, this is like really somebody. It really it, levels it out yes. for him, right? Yeah, like I don't, I don't care. It, that it's is. real humbling being around a toddler. <laughs> they could give a shit. No, dude, my, my son is like, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to be that dad. It's like. Yeah, you, you, the stuff that the other kids are talking about are bullshit. Let me let me show you some shit. Let me show you what cartoons are, <laughs> actual real cartoons, not that CGI bullshit you you watch. You know, let me show you some music. Like right. I'm, I'm that dad, and yeah. I'll quiz him about it all the time. So annoying is what you're saying. Yeah, that dad. Yes. I get it. Okay. Anybody loves it. Yeah, of and, course he does. And it's smarter for just that. showing him music. I just I have a uh, uh, there's a little guy in my life who he's not so little anymore. He's 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 uh, 13 now. But I, my favorite was was watching him sort of cringe a little at how hard the music was that he was listening to and me going like, okay, well, why don't I show you where this comes from? Because mm-hmm. you don't have to, music shouldn't make you wince all the time. <laughs> like it can sometimes and that's a good and powerful thing. But like, but also, you know, do you know who, and I, you know, I went all the way back. I was like, you know, let's go Django. Let's go, um, uh, Muddy Waters, Buddy Guy. Okay. Like, you know, I, I took him back into the blues and sort of showed him sort of like a, and sort of, and took him down sort of an R&B track a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he, um, he absolutely blossomed from it. Started listening to rock and roll, started getting into some of the, uh, started really getting into Prince. That was one of my, like, I feel like, oh. I feel like I've won if I can, if I can get a kid to like really enjoy Prince, Prince or Michael or Queen Michael. or James Brown or Bob yeah. Marley. That, that's yeah. what I, I mean, that's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm like, you'll like whatever you'll like, but I want you to know, you have to know who these people are. That's it. Yeah, exactly. That's where I'm coming exactly. from. I'm like, I'm like, look, we one took day, him to a Barrington Levy concert. Uh, oh, nice. A while back. And I think that, I think that like, you know, it just, it needs to be music and religion both needed. You have to be taught the world of it before you can decide what resonates with you and right. what, what fits with your with your personal, you know, 
mm-hmm. with your person. And I just like, I, I find it very heartbreaking. I mean, like, you know, I grew up in a monkey's household. I didn't even listen to the Beatles until I got into college. I didn't know anything. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know any music at all. And so, um, I wish that, I wish that I had had a little bit of an education. You know what I mean? I kind of took it upon myself because my dad listened to, well, African music mm-hmm. and Cuban music was his shit. Right. Still is. So you like, grew up in a world music household. Yeah. And then a lot my, of Fela and a lot of like. No, not even. Well, yeah, a lot of that. But my dad liked Pink Floyd, you know. That he, was my favorite band. He liked and I didn't the even Stones. know. Like, I, I didn't know even know were. it. Yeah, I didn't exactly. know who they were until, until I bought the, until after I'd already bought the Creek in the Cave. I was listening to this to the song, which was my favorite song, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, you guys, this is my favorite song. Who's this by?" It never even occurred to me to look up who it was by. I wasn't allowed to watch MTV when I was a kid. I was never into music. I was more into stand up always, uh-huh. always more into comedy. And uh, everybody's mouths just dropped, and they were like, "That's Pink Floyd." And I was like, "No shit! I think I really like Pink Floyd." And then I ended up getting to see like Roger Waters and uh, the Wall, like ninth floor, yeah. uh, field seats, and I was just. Absolutely, like that was an absolutely incredible experience too. But, um, but yeah, there was never much of an emphasis of music in my house. Oh no, we which were. Is weird my mom was a singer, but my older brother was a DJ, so he played a lot of uh, new jack swing and R and B and hip hop and all of that. And then my sister came back with Doggy Style in nineteen ninety three uh-huh. from a U.S. trip, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And, and, that, that, was and that was it. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. that, that, he taught me English. Yep. And then after that, it was, you know, Wu-Tang Clan and basically all the New York stuff. Hilarious. So, and that's literally how I learned. I talk about it all the time, but that's literally how I learned English. Yeah. Wu-Tang Clan, Mob Deep, you know, and Snoop. That's great. And then I didn't know I who Run DMC was. Right. I didn't know who the Beastie Boys were. Right, right. But I kind of took it upon myself to actually do the research. Yeah. But anyway, I don't want to hold you up too long. You got stuff to do. I do have to go. I'm, uh, over, I'm way over time right now. That's fine. Colton can handle it. <laughs> All right. Uh, as always, make sure you follow the feedback. BAK, where can people find you? I'm at Rebel Cave or on Instagram <laughs> and, at, <laughs> and at Creek and Cave uh, for the venue. If you're looking for the venue, um, we've got some dope shit coming up for, uh, well, today's our Christmas party, but uh, New Year's, we're doing a retirement party on New Year's Eve where you come and tell your worst joke or the joke that you've told too much, the joke that needs to be retired for 2020. <laughs> I got a couple. And I, I believe everybody should, yeah. uh, if we're honest editors. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've got TJ Miller and Sean Patton and Mike Cannon and Dulce Sloan and Shane Torres and Rosebud Baker and wow. a bunch of people coming down soon. Steph Tolev is next week. Come get some tickets. We got some crazy comedy yes. going. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, go to Creek and Cave. Check out a calendar. Always dope shows. If you just you know want to hang out, it's great. Check out some mics. And Rebecca, thank you so much. Absolutely, no, man. It, Thanks it, it for having me. I appreciate it. Really it really means a lot. Thank you so much. All Talk right. to you next time. Ta-cha. Thank you. Bye.